This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, May 16th. So, Corey, we have high school softball on the airwaves tonight. Indeed, we do. A little Highway 10 matchup at hand. What do we got? Well, it is the Staples-Motley Cardinals hosting the Wadena-Deer Creek Wolverines in high school softball. Should be a fun little matchup. Got to uh, call, I believe I got to call Staples-Motley and Wadena-Deer Creek in Wadena last year. So it'll be fun to kind of get to see year two of that and get to see how the softball team did after having a uh, for Wadena Deer Creek after having a nice little week themselves uh, the week prior. Yeah, 315 pregame, 331st pitch. Listen this afternoon on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106. Uh, kind of the final week of regular season softball around here. <laughs> it's getting down to the wire. And it is a hectic week indeed. When I talk to Coach Umland, for Wolverines Weekly. I think they have four dates this week <laughs> all lined up and ready to roll as they start to prepare for section tournaments right around the corner. Um, CJ got another bit of local news actually sure. sent to me over the last couple of nights, um, uh, but it is officially happening today. Wadena Deer Creek alum Jake Dykoff, uh-huh. you know, pitcher for the University of Minnesota Crookston. Is he officially a grad there yet? I don't know when graduation I, has I been. I think at graduation the university. was it's probably passed. So he's officially done because um he is signed to play baseball with the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks. Wow. And he's debuting today. T- today? Today. They play Winnipeg with an eleven o'clock first pitch, and Jake is taking the starting nod wow. on the bump for the Red Hawks this morning, which is pretty darn cool. The, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. The Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Now, of course, the Fargo Moorhead Red Hawks, of course, an independent league baseball team, used to be in the same league as the St. Paul Saints. So yep. really, really cool opportunity for him to get to go continue to play baseball so that's awesome to hear uh speaking of the professional baseball ranks Corey, the twins last night uh were losing five to one to the dodgers it was a late game and i was like i'm going to bed not even going to worry about it turns out trevor larnick smacked a three-run home run to tie the game in the eighth inning then the twins got behind by one and then byron buxton after correa draws a walk drew him in with a rbi double and then they end up losing the game in the 12th inning uh, a wild back-and-forth game. The Twins walked Trace Thompson, brother of Clay Thompson, son of Michael Thompson, who played for the Gophers basketball team back in the day, uh, walked him with the bases loaded after he was 0 for 27. That's not not great. Whoops. Oops. Hashtag whoops. The, the big takeaway big takeaway is overall, I like the Twins' fight in that game. I think the, the, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball outside of Tampa Bay. Uh, so for them to... Get down early and fight back. It's not. I'm not a moral victories guy, but it, it's more of like a let's see how the other two games play out before we start to panic about this series. So that's my that's my Twins take for the day. I'm fine with that. They play again tonight. By the way, eight thirty pregame, nine ten first pitch on KWAD. You teased it this morning, CJ, but we have a special guest ready to join us on the morning sports desk this morning as we welcome in Minnesota State High School League Executive Director Eric Martins. Eric, thanks so much for joining us and and making some time for us this morning on the morning sports desk. Boys volleyball being added as an officially sanctioned sport uh, with the Minnesota State High School League. I got a thumbs up maybe. Eric, can you hear me now? 
I am with you. Thank hey, you. Eric, thanks so much for making some time with us this morning. Of course, a, a huge decision coming our way with the addition of of uh, boys volleyball as a Minnesota State High School League sanctioned sport. Pretty exciting to, uh, to be able to get to this point with that sport, isn't it? It absolutely is. Uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for, for kids and our, our uh, young men playing boys volleyball right now really appreciate this opportunity. Um, and it's taken a bit of time. Uh, it's been about a six or seven year process over the course of time as they've established a, a volleyball season uh, that they've had and a program that's been strong and growing uh, and have gone from, you know, back to uh, about six years ago, about 22 teams. And now this year they're playing with 72 teams. So a number of schools have jumped on board. Uh, and this puts us in a good place to be able to make decisions and prepare for a 24-25 season. Awesome, Eric. Hey, this is CJ. Uh, so uh, I just kind of want to know uh, uh, what kind of put this thing over the top in terms of getting the votes necessary. What was kind of that that push that said 2023 was the year to uh, to fully sanction this? So if we go back a couple of years ago, we were we were within a couple of votes two years ago to to get this approved and continue to see the growth over time. And obviously, the COVID interruption for lots of reasons slowed people down in terms of saying we should uh, expand and add programs. I think that was a factor for sure. But last year, when we were only one vote away, um, our board of directors said, let's let's build a pathway that uh, makes it really clear what uh, activities need to do to become part of the Minnesota State High School League. And so we had a task force that put that together. And ultimately, our board has the ability to uh, create an emerging status, which is kind of a transitional phase between uh, doing your own thing and starting to uh, work with the Minnesota State High School League. So in December, the board of directors approved boys volleyball as an emerging status sport for next year, the 23-24 season. And with that, I think it was a really strong signal that this is coming. It is uh, time for us to make plans. And we've also learned that if we can approve a year or two out, it gives time for transition instead of just making an immediate flip of the switch and say, okay, now it's Minnesota State High School League activity. So we are uh, having a boys volleyball season right now run by the Boys Volleyball Association. Uh, and then next year we will share that responsibility in emerging status, and the following year it will be turned over completely to the Minnesota State High School League. So I think a good progression, uh, good planning, and uh, a good bit of teamwork and collaboration brought us to this point. You've mentioned the growth that's already happened to get us to this point. Already 72 teams in the state are playing high school boys volleyball. I guess what does the projection look like for this sport, especially coming from you know where we live in central Minnesota? We're talking about smaller schools uh, in our immediate listening area. Um, I'd imagine the metro areas where we're seeing a lot of this. What does that outward growth look like? What do you think these? What is it going to take? How many years? What's the projection for these smaller schools to maybe start seeing the sport? That's a great question, and uh, we know that we have probably as many or more activities in Minnesota than most states have as opportunities for kids. And our schools ultimately have to make that decision for themselves as far as how many sports they can sustain. But what we see about boys volleyball is that it is played right in our gyms. Uh, our schools have the facilities. They have the equipment. It's the same ball. It's the same net at a little different height. Those are adjustable. Um, so there aren't big, uh, big facility issues that would stand in the way. It is going to take time for it to grow uh, beyond what I would call is oftentimes a FIED activity uh, in a lot of our schools and move to that competitive nature. And so 
Uh, as you mentioned, those 72 teams, uh, those are both a varsity and a JV in those programs of 72. So we are seeing that growth. We're seeing some uh, south of the metro in the Rochester area, some in the Duluth area. Um, and so it is starting to work its way uh, outstate a bit more. Uh, but I do think it's going to be four or five years before we start to see a fair amount of growth, simply because it's one thing to have a team. It's another thing to have good uh, available competition at a at a distance that's going to be attainable. And so uh, the other big part is what season it's going to be played in. And I think that that's going to have a factor as well. Right now, uh, we have many sports in the springtime for uh, our male students to choose from, from baseball and golf and tennis, track, um, lacrosse, all of those are options that are there right now. And so we will have a task force that will be coming together here shortly to start the study of ultimately where it's going to be placed permanently within the Minnesota State High School League. And I think that that, too, has some factor in terms of how much growth there is, because if students already have sports that they're in, it, it might be a, a bit of a phasing through about three or four years of graduates before we have a group of students that says, hey, we're ready to play boys volleyball in some of our schools that may not be uh, near other competition. So one of the things that I've seen come up, Eric, in this uh, in this conversation about the addition of boys volleyball, it's is Title IX related conversations, and it's I've seen it often worded as, uh, well, how about like girls football? Is that something we're going to see down the line? So I guess I'll ask generically. Uh, Title IX impacts on a decision for for boys volleyball, and maybe if you could give a little clarification on, you know, what makes a sport uh, either like a co-ed sport that boys and girls can both play, uh, or and then the differences between like a boys hockey and a girls hockey distinction. Sure. So within the Minnesota State High School League, and the way that we've operated forever is that our Sports that are titled boys uh, are truly open to all students. So it's not unusual for us to see uh, a female athlete that wants to participate with the boys, and that was going on in wrestling, as we know, for quite some time before mm-hmm. we added a girls' division. Um, and so anything where you have a boys' hockey, girls' hockey, or boys' basketball, girls' basketball, girls can always play on the boys' team if they choose to, but they only get one season, so they can't bounce back and forth or those kinds of things. So when it comes to Title IX, the key piece is here is that that is measured locally in terms of what do you have for opportunities and are you providing for both males and females in a generally equal level? And so that's number of opportunities. Do you have similar number of students participating? Um, The Minnesota State High School League is not at risk in terms of Title IX at this point because we do have activities that are for girls only. Uh, some of these are not highly uh, played. Things like girls badminton and synchronized swimming are female activities or our sports. And, uh, and at the same time, we have gymnastics. Currently, we have girls volleyball, which is only for girls. So adding a boys volleyball does not put us upside down in terms of opportunities on both sides. Um, but at a local level, if they are currently in balance and they think about a boys volleyball, what else might they add in to their programming to keep them balanced relative to Title IX. And it comes down to that opportunity uh, as well as, you know, the the level of expenditure and what you're demonstrating to meet the needs and the requests of the students that are in the school. And so that's really what that comes down to. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see for each school, they're considering those kinds of opportunities. And as you mentioned, girls flag football is something that is growing. Uh, it's an initiative that uh, a lot of folks in the football world 
are pushing forward. Uh, they want to see that continue to grow. And uh, just like in wrestling, uh, our, our male wrestler wrestling programs were advocates for girls wrestling. And similarly in girls volleyball, advocates for boys volleyball. Um, it's it's uh, the, uh, the push from within the sport itself to say we'd like to have as many participants as we can. Minnesota State High School League Executive Director Eric Martin's with us. Eric, thanks so much for making some time for us this morning. That was really cool to hear the insight and the background and, and how we got to uh, this point with the addition of boys volleyball and exciting to see where this sport grows throughout the state because, of course, we know the state of Minnesota really does love the sport of volleyball. Absolutely. Our, uh, our girls' volleyball is among the strongest programs that we have within the state, and we certainly anticipate growth is going to happen as you said, it's probably going to take a little bit of time for us to get to a, a higher level in terms of number of teams, and schools are working on that. And they do have some time to think through that and, and put that in when it fits for them uh, best of all. But we also want to say thanks to you for coverage of Minnesota State High School League sports. Appreciate your work there. All right. Awesome, Eric. Great to talk with you. Have a great rest of your day. You as well. That's Eric Martins. He's the executive director of the Minnesota State High School League, taking some time to join us on the morning sports desk. If you missed any part of this interview, you can check it out on our website, wadinaradio.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the morning sports desk. A really, really cool opportunity to get to have him there. This has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, May 16th.